0: Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. Today on the show is Dublin-based singer-songwriter Railta, originally from Galway, who's just released her debut album, Everything Unsaved Will Be Lost. She's been playing music for years and some of the songs that make up the album go back to her mid-teens, maybe even a little bit earlier than that. It was recorded in Donegal in May 2022 at the Songhouse a restored cottage where Seamus Heaney and fellow poets used to gather. A little more about the album making process from the press release. Producer Dara Nolan, one of my favourites here at The Point of Everything, uprooted his home studio from Gory County Wexford and brought it up to Donegal for the occasion. There, Railta, Nolan and her band practiced like mad and gave themselves over to a whirlwind recording process. Most of the songs were completed in a handful of takes with the full band playing. That band, just so you know, is Mark McGurr on percussion, Louis Young on tin whistle, violin, saxophone and guitar, William Ryan on guitar, Caitlin Cullen Verhouse on cello, Franco Flaherty on bass and Nicole Lyons on guitar as well. Relta says she wanted it to feel like a Gaelic experience and the whole group of musicians ended up turning it into a proper party atmosphere Railta is launching the album at the unitarian church in dublin this sunday october 22nd you can get tickets for that on eventbrite and you can buy the album on realta.bankcamp.com coming up Railta talks through all of the tracks on everything unsaved will be lost she talks about working in the temple bar yes the temple bar playing trad and folk music and channeling luke kelly she talks about orange chocolate controversial podcasts and lots more and just so you know she does touch on some topics like suicide suicidal ideation from the off so please just be mindful of that as you press play and continue listening here's realta on the point of everything So an easy one to start with. Why is the album called Everything Unsaved Will Be Lost?
1: Well, we can kind of, it's got two meanings. and, And as well as everything in the album, everything has two meanings. The first one is I have pretty bad mental health issues. I have a bit problem with suicidal ideation. And that comes from like, I know how good I am. My friends know how good I am, but I didn't have anything saved. Like I would have gone and and nobody would have known that I could even write songs. So it comes from there. But it also on the lighter side comes from, um, you know, when you click out of the Nintendo games and it goes, everything unsaved will be lost.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm <laughs> very good. So
1: it's two very opposite things that I think go really well together like I I have quite a dark side but also I don't take anything very seriously and then it also just sounds very poetic which is is quite like me but it is silly. Um so that's that's why I I settled on that one there was a load of them like the file name on my Google Drive is just called potato. That's the name of the album everything is just potato. So everything, it it always changes and but that was the one I really, really settled on because it has that dark meaning and it also is really funny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How did you find the album making process? Did you enjoy it?
1: Yes, I know that is crazy to a lot of people. Like I was going around Irish Music Week last week and I was like, I have an album coming out next week and it's really good and everyone was just like you never really hear people say that their album is really good. They're just so burnt out and like um gone crazy after the end of their album, but it's probably because I um spent so much time thinking about it and not doing it the way you're supposed to do it, and I think that's where a lot of the burnout can come from trying to um push yourself towards something that you're not really it's it's not right for your soul. So I kind of went about Like I came up with the idea of doing it all while I was in Amsterdam working in a coffee shop. So that's a lot of time to think to yourself and a lot of very magical thoughts. Let's go with that. I was like, how would I have wanted to record this album when I was a child, when I was younger, when I envisioned writing an album? How was it? And it was kind of this Gwaeltucht experience where I rent out a place for a week, put my energy into a place get make we made altars we we had it was a massive fire hazard um and just create the space all of us were in and then get somebody in and record that record what it's like for three days straight practicing giving it everything living there breathing there sleeping there and and just capturing that and then I got really sick that week because you know yourself when you organize something big your body just goes not me not right now so all the all the um, instruments are live takes maybe one or two takes and then um, I went down to Dara who is my producer down in Wexford and over two days before I moved to England last year, I moved three times. I, I was all over the place last year um, and I recorded the vocals again, one or two takes or three, maybe a bit more than that. But it was there's very few overdubs on the whole thing because I think. Trying to get that manicured perfectionism is really, really good, but you can you can lose a lot. and And I wanted to capture what I had rather than artificially make the moment. Does that make sense? But now I'm fine, and I'm I'm not actually I'm quite happy, and and I'm in a good place. Like I do have really stressful moments where I'm like, ah, I've rang my long distance friend quite a few times, being like, I can't do this but it's done now and all the fun things are happening and it's oh having an album is the best feeling in the world if, if you want an album make one girls it's it's the best feeling in the world
0: <laughs> you said that a lot of the stuff on the album has kind of two meanings is that one of the underlying themes of the album I suppose
1: that's an underlying theme of my work because when you meet me and and when we have a conversation I'm quite bright and bubbly and sparky and and you you wouldn't really know I have any mental health conditions. You wouldn't know if I was having a bad day. And um my music, I kind of take that out on that as well. So um I don't really I'd listen to a lot of emo music, do you know that sort of way, but I don't really sing like that. I, I like to sing really high and and um have string arrangements and make this really beautiful piece of work. Um, and then underneath it all, because lyrics are like the most important thing to me, there's always a darker meaning. Um, Like Pinstripes is a really, really nice song, but it's about um domestic violence and it being hidden and it's hidden throughout the song. Um, and then at the very final bit, it's got that massive guitar bit and that's where it's all revealed that this is about domestic violence. Um, Closer is about being really close to killing myself. What are the other ones? There there's loads of Sightseeing is about um two the the Romeo and Juliet lovers and they were in Russia and they they got into a relationship and he had very severe mental health things and he, he come kind of convinced her to do a joint suicide and that's what that song is about. But all these songs sound so nice and so uplifting and so fun. And I'm I'm happy you can interpret my songs in any way you want. I just need to get that out and that's that's how I get it out
0: so you have kind of like definite this is what a song is about in your own in your own head anyway
1: yeah yeah like 99% of the time but I I can change like I, I do change my understanding like I don't listen to um closer anymore and hear how desperate I was back Back then I, I it's a very hopeful song to me now I'm like oh I'm closer to my dreams I'm closer to getting where I want to be and, and living the life I want
0: great just before maybe we talk through the songs on the album and we can get into them as deep or not as you might want to how did you find Ireland music week
1: really tiring <laughs> but so fun because there was a lot of people I had met only online and then actually got to meet them in person and go drinking and hanging out was really really good. I went to the um, conferences on the Friday, and they some of them were really 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 good. I really liked the live sync session, which was the last one at the end of the day. Um, the sound of Ireland, Ireland now, which was very interesting. Um, it was a panel of uh American writers coming over and just. Um, it it's weird to hear that their perspective is still like one of them said. Um, Dropkick Murphys was the sound of Ireland, and they're not even Irish. <laughs> so it's good to see they're getting an education as well. <laughs> but very interesting talk, and 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 yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was super super nice. And then I went to Trad Fest on the Sash Day, so I did the whole thing.
0: Oh right, great. What was was Trad Fest the the thing in the NCH? That's traditional yeah, now.
1: So yeah. good. So that was crazy good. There's V-Vagabonds. a Vagabonds. Yeah, Vagabonds were amazing. And then there was this he's called Strange Boy. And it's like trad instruments and they're doing all that. But he's a rapper. So it's rap beats with trad instruments, with the baron, with a guitar, with a flute. It definitely is Strange Boy, but it is okay. so good. So good.
2: I like orange chocolate I'm walking on my own I like it when the rain falls I will still like it when it's done I have to write this song
0: everything unsaved will be lost we'll start off with introductions which i initially thought was a funny song you're talking about orange chocolate watching telly listening to controversial podcasts where they all just want to die but then it's definitely the darker theme underneath you sing and sometimes when i'm breathing i wish it would all go away how important is this song for you that it's opening up the the album
1: this is This is the first song I knew was going to be on the album. Um, The song is supposed to be funny. It's it's it is a really eye opening showcase into who I am. Like, I I do love orange chocolate. I have it nearly like I probably have a Terry's chocolate orange in my room (laughs) right now. Yeah, it's a controversial podcast. I always want to die. So it's a list of everything I like. And then just hidden in there is I always want to die because that's another it's just a fact about me. I like iron chocolate. I always want to die. And and I, I wanted to hide that in there and um, just kind of make it more palatable. And, and the end of the song as well. I like it when the rain falls. I still like it when it's done. Um, that's kind of a like me for who I am, who you think I am. And then like me when you find out the truth. Because a lot of people kind of hear about mental health and they they get... um. Especially if they're close to you, they get really spooked. They feel like they've never known you before. Like they don't know you at all. But I I love this song. I wrote it when I was over in England and I was finally like coming out and telling people how unwell I had been for so many years. Because I've been struggling with this probably for like definitely since like 12 or 13. And I only started telling people about it in second year college, which had been 2019 and i always would have been honest I, I i'll tell anyone anything but you just have to ask the right questions and just nobody ever had so then when i started telling people and 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 they got really mad and a lot of people got really angry or really upset and didn't want to talk to me anymore and and, and which i understand it is it is a big thing i needed to find a way to politely tell people and this is my polite way of telling people and I want to be honest, so that's that's why I started the album that way. Also, I love it. I love that little A major in the chorus. Oh,
0: good. (laughs) Uh what controversial podcasts uh are you listening to? Do you have any favorites off the top of your head?
1: Uh well, at the moment my favorite merger is very controversial, but I love it. Um I love anything by the Australian. This isn't controversial, but I'm always gonna shout them out. My um this podcast will kill you. Really interesting podcast where they go through first-hand account, then the biological and clinical side of a disease, and then the historical context of a disease. Super cool. Super cool podcast. Um, I love podcasts. Like my Spotify wrapped is always podcasts more than it is music, which is a bit strange.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, what are your uh, favorite non-murder um, podcasts?
1: now i have to think oh i'm grand mom oh my god they're so good two lads from core oh my god we just released a book as well so oh the funniest i've listened to them since they started like just it came up one day and i was like oh my god this is it this is what i love (laughs) um what else do i listen stuff you should know an og podcast so so good ooglies which is about like Bits on bobs, that's really good. And Night Classy, so they just teach you random things every episode, kind of like stuff you should know, but the other person doesn't know what they're talking about. So it's really interesting.
0: The second track, Holy, the press release says that it takes inspiration from Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah and Damien Rice's track, The Blower's Daughter. Maybe talk about the other influences that are on the album, maybe specifically like Leonard Cohen and Damien Rice, we can start with them.
1: I know there is a word for this, but I can never remember. I think it's pastiche or something where you. You take something and then you you make another thing with it. So I, I do an, that in an interpo- quite a lot.
0: Interpolation Is that Interpolation. right? Word? Yeah. Yeah, i hearing word. that a lot this year in music.
1: A lot of people are doing that with actual music lines. I prefer to do it with music concepts. So the Leonard Cohen inspiration is hallelujah and equating sex to uh, a holy, spiritual uh, awakening sort of a thing. Um, and then hallelujah, holy, that's where, that's where that comes from. And then the Blower's Daughter, um, I love Damon Rice. I love him. I love him. If you're listening, Damon Rice, I'm in love with you. Uh, <laughs> uh, we were I was looking for what the next section of the song needed, like I knew where it was going, but I couldn't figure out where it was going to. And I asked my friend Harry and he couldn't figure it out. And then I just kind of looked up the Blower's daughter and, and saw what he was doing, which was just taking it up a step. And I was like, yeah, that's it. That's that's what I need to do here. So that's where that kind of comes from. There's a really cool line in Holy that nobody really knows about, but it's really cool. Um, and it's the only line that I think might not make sense. Um, it's the first line of the second verse, which is never trust a lover found under the wing of a willow tree, which just sounds like Ooh, spooky, <laughs> spooky girl. But it's actually uh, willow bark contains aspirin. So it's uh, don't look for somebody who is seeking out pain relief. They come just to watch the world fall to crumble.
2: Mm, we go. I love
1: that line and I have to explain it, but it's so good. And that comes from my medical podcast so there's another (laughs) interpolation
0: wow so another influence on the album is podcasts
1: oh yeah big time (laughs) big time I love to learn and and I'm a better listening learner than I am like reading or anything like that audible learner I don't know
2: Never trust a lover found under the wing of a willow tree They come just to watch the world fall Or to crumble
0: When you have a song like that and you're like, oh, I know that this song needs something else. I need to eventually, like, take it up an octave or something like that. How long are you playing around with it? How much are you playing around with the song? Are you trying, like, every different thing that comes to mind to figure it out?
1: Yeah, I I kind of have um, musical OCD, I guess, or something like that, where I cannot... If I'm writing a song, if I've sat down and I'm writing a song, I cannot get up. I can't go to the bathroom. I can't eat or drink or anything until the song is finished. It's very rare that I actually can take a break because I know if if I leave, I'll be leaving the state of flow. I have to just get it done, and that's why I have so many songs. Like I, this is one album. I have another two albums like ready to go. One of them is already like in a dry folder itself. It's got a name, um, but. It means I finish a lot more songs, but it, it's just determination. I, I just keep going until I get it. Um, sometimes you just have to sit back and take a little breath for a few seconds, and 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 let it come to you. A lot of what I do is based off of intuition as well, so I try not to get too hard on myself if I can't figure something out. Go try a new avenue somewhere else, and then come back to it. But I, I have to get it all done in the one sitting so it to me it always feels like oh i get a song done in an hour which i think is probably my average but i could be there for six hours and not know about it and just be trying everything until i guess
0: the the answer lucifer's love appears twice on the album i guess that this comes back to uh that du- uh, duality that you're talking about you sing it Askelga, as the penultimate song as well Dane and where did that idea come from? Is it something that you've always done singing in Irish?
2: Me haines su haines Pa'kiré in my well ta'na
1: Well, coming back to the album and and, and doing it in a Gaelic experience, like the Gaelic was such a turning point for me. Um, I I really really love it, and I would speak Irish quite often. I think I have more confidence than sense, but it means that I'm I'm quite okay at Irish because I speak it all the time and I'm constantly thinking in it. Um, I didn't do the translation myself because I don't trust myself or grammar. I got my really nice cousin Sheena to do it for me. But I just I think we have our language and we should use it. And like I'm I'm an Irish person trying to speak Irish like the language has room to grow and stuff like that. So I, I want to add more to the culture. The idea of putting it on the album twice is I don't want to devalue something just because it's in our language, and I I really do love the lyrics in English. So I just thought there was space on the album for both. Definitely. You no, know, I, I do love it. I love the Irish version. I love the English version. I started singing in Irish when I was in the Guelphooks. They also did the translations for me.
0: Does it feel different singing either version, the English version and the yeah, Irish completely, version? Really? Completely,
1: I think I have a different accent when I talk in, in Irish as well. Yeah, it, it does feel different i can't really explain how i think the i think the english version is softer and it's it's more of a lullaby and i think the irish version to me feels more like a love ballad does that make sense i I know they sound exactly the same but to me they, they they feel different and for this album launch i'm singing both songs they were like are you doing both and i'm like yeah i'm doing both because I want people to understand what the song is about so that's why the English version is first and then the Irish version comes back and you're like okay I can I can understand what is happening here and I can appreciate how this sounds. Ba-da, ba-da-da, ba-da-da.
0: is called closer a lovely bouncy song kind of sounds really uh, old school like from the 1940s old school i don't know is that the right term yeah yeah uh, definitely old timey old timey uh you come from a musical family it sounds like a lot of your family um played music was it just trad and folk that they were playing was it this kind of old-timey 1940s music
1: it was neither oh, no no No, my granny was a classical violin player and pianist. Uh, My mom would sing like power ballads or in the church. They're her two things. My dad might sing Carrick Fergus if he's had a couple of pints. Uh, (laughs) But like, I I got actually most of my folk education, most of my trad education from working in Temple Bar and um, getting every single song that they, they were playing because I'd, I'd work like 12 hour, 13 hour shifts and there'd be music on the entire time. And I'd learn all those songs and I'd go home and I'd do all that. I guess pop is what we listen to at home, but I was talking to my friend yesterday. My dad gave me uh, Mike Oatfield's Tubular Bells too, which was like my favorite album for ages. But then it would have like. Brian Adams and and stuff like that I kind of got into vintage films and vintage music on my own because I love the big band sound I love being able to look at an orchestra and and see how that was done and the idea of recording the way I did also is a vintage thing of it's like the Nashville thing of just getting everybody in there and getting them recorded and when I was thinking about recording like in my own head I wanted to do it like um when they're doing it for musicals all those years back like in the 40s where there's a massive microphone and then everyone is behind you and you just capture it as the wall of sound is hitting towards you but closer it wasn't actually it was supposed to sound like that it did sound like that in my head but um i wrote it on the ukulele so when i i played it for everyone this is the one of the only ones that my band didn't know And they were like, oh, it sounds like Ingrid Michaelson. And I was like, ooh, that's not really what I'm going for. And then I played them Smoke Dreams by um, Joe Strafford, which is one of my favorite songs ever. And they were like, oh, okay, this is what you want. Take out the ukulele. Everybody go crazy. Just, oh, my God, Lewis on the sax. I don't know how he has lungs left. He is. Doing da 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 on the sax the whole song. <laughs> and then it, it came out like that. And I think it was a lot of people's favorite one because we didn't know it was going to come out like that. We didn't know what it was going to come out like.
0: How exciting.
1: Yeah, so exciting. So exciting. A, very on the fly, but such a great result.
0: Tell me more about your grandmother and her classical um, violin playing. Was Where was she playing?
1: Uh, she was a primary school teacher. Uh, she played for the Royal uh, Academy, Irish Academy of Music, and and stuff like that. I wouldn't know exactly all of her like achievements or anything like that, but she was just a very, very talented violinist and and piano player. And and she kind of got me started on piano, and I have her violin now. Wow. Yeah, I never really got to see her play because she kind of quite declined in her health as I was growing up. But um, I think the spirit was there, and it was in it was in us, and and here I am.
0: And you mentioned working in a pub in Temple Bar, was it? No, the Temple Bar. In the Temple Bar, the in the. Okay, Temple right. Bar. Um, that's a, I guess that's an education in itself. Then is it?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, loved that job. It is like crack. You could you could stay there for years of your life just working in that pub because it's so fast paced and it's so like everybody's working together and like you're making money and you're talking to people and and you're doing that whole thing like it is like a stimulant just working there and then I loved the music I really loved working there um I had to at the end of the year I was just like at the end of the summer or whatever I was just like oh I might just like stay and work here my mom was like you won't be able to do this job and go to college get back to college (laughs) it's like okay all right (laughs) But I love a high-stress, high-stakes job. I love it, Except for the one in the coffee shop. And then it didn't, wasn't high-stress, and then I decided to do an album. So that just tells you a lot about my mental state <laughs> if I'm not stimulated.
0: Pinstripes is the fifth song on the album. The press release says that the idea came to you when you were a teenager. So this goes back a while. Are a lot of the songs like that going back a while? Can you still see those initial beginnings to the songs or have they all completely changed from those early stages
1: like the the idea came to me when i was a teenager that i wanted to write a really happy vintage style song about domestic violence that's all i ever really had that and then i one day i sat down and i wrote it do you know that sort of way it's not very often that that happens like no it is i'll I'll have ideas Four songs. But when I sit down and write it, it's done in one session. Also, love pinstripes because um, another thing of it is another idea I had way younger: alliteration. So, but instead of having A B C D E, which is the normal way, I went to P Q R S T U V. So, pinstripes and platforms. P Q, quiet, complicated conscience. Q or raptured S uh swaddled in silk coat uh, T time tick tick ticking by U usually um V very violently viciously. So there's alliteration put through. I love that song because it's it's all about kind of songcraft to me. It's it's the way I like to write. There's hidden meanings, there's poetry aspects, there's a nice boppy melody. And then there's cool instrumentation behind it. I I love that song. And that's the song we've released for radio stations and stuff like that. So and I think it's a good one. A lot of people really, really like that without knowing any of that context. And then to have all that context is like, whoa,
0: I feel like your English teacher would be so proud of you using like alliteration on the album like that.
1: Well, my English teacher, because I can't spell, didn't really know that I was good at that sort of stuff. But I did elocution and speech and drama for 10 years. And that was invaluable. My favorite after school activity I've ever did. And I did guitar, but like, I just loved speech and drama. I loved doing the Shakespearean plays. I loved learning about poetry, poetry. Like I don't read books, I read poetry. I love it. I think it's, do you know, like that feeling you get when you like complete a crossword puzzle? That's how I feel like understanding poetry. I'm like, oh, this is so delicious.
0: Do you see the songs as poems?
1: I say I'm a failed poet because if I was a good enough poet, I wouldn't have to hide behind melody. (laughs) Do you know that sort of way? Um, But I I try to make everything as poetic as possible. Like lyrics are, are the most important thing to me. Um, I I think you can make a good song but you can't make a great song without good lyrics so um, it's where my focus usually is the melody the instrumentation or whatever that's already in here I don't really have to think about that too hard I already know how that wants to go so I just need to match up the lyrics to it
0: Track six is called Bruised, which I think you mentioned earlier. Um, You told the Irish Examiner in an interview earlier this year, a very enjoyable interview. um, My music has really dark messages and the people who are looking for it can hear it. But if you're looking for a happy song, you can hear a happy song. I guess we've kind of talked about that as well a little bit. How does writing these songs feel? Does it lift a burden? You mentioned earlier that one of the songs kind of changed, has changed meaning for you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, it's it's a really good release for me. Like I, I know a couple of people who can't write when they're really in a bad place and I write my best when I'm in the, a bad place and then I come out and I'm like, it, it's a sense of achievement. It's a sense of gratification and, and whatever you have in you and because songwriting comes, kind of comes from an unconscious place, it just goes out on the paper. Usually I record it that day as well because I need, I just need everything done. And then do you know I I'm ready to go again? I, I've found a place for that feeling. I've put it on paper. I've made it something tangible. And then I can continue on without that burden anymore. It just gets transferred on.
0: What is October, the seventh song, uh about? Do you want to tell me about that song?
1: That song's about a mental breakdown during COVID. Um, I was really, really not mentally well. And um I kinda went a bit sketchy and a bit nuts and made a massive mural on my wall of like all oranges and stuff like that, because that's my favourite colour, and then was writing notes all over the place like a mad scientist and just sticking everything off on the wall and, and it kinda comes from uh that and just peeling things off my wall. Like I don't think I actually left my bed mostly because I couldn't to write that song I just picked things off the walls and things that I could see in front of me the flickering yellow of the tea light on my window like that is that was on my window um orange hue to the days is to do with like I had just made my whole room orange from all these posts and then in eight by eight measurements I'm actually not good with me- measurements so I don't know how big eight by eight is but I I just wanted to make an idea of like you're in a box like I was encased in my bed like I I just couldn't leave my bed my room was actually an alright size I'd say my room now is probably 8 by 8 they're small <laughs> that song is about it's about like not being judged about your body and, and, and what you look like and all like that but for me it's it's more spiritual than that it's like I don't my spirit doesn't feel like it belongs in this vessel I feel like I should be a starfish or a jellyfish or a rock or something it my spirit feels too big for this vessel and and for sentience and for having to think about everything is just is so overwhelming sometimes um so just repeating I am not my body is is about I'm not what I look like I'm not my weight I'm not meant to be in this spiritual cage I'm not meant to be treated for how I am and I just repeat it because that's I think that sentence has so many different meanings so I just repeat it to like maybe the first one won't hit you but the third one you'll be like oh yeah the fifth one you'll be like oh I get it and then I make some of them big and some of them small because I am not my body can be a really declarative sentence like I am not my body or it can be like very insular and it's just like I I I am not this. I I am something else. I'm, I'm not just what it what it is. Do you know that sort of way? That's very like. Cool.
0: <laughs> well, no. I mean, what I'm thinking of is like I I just asked you. Um, do you find that the songs help lift a burden for you? But it sounds like music also gives you this kind of power, like d- declarative power as well. I guess.
1: Yeah, definitely. Especially when I get to sing loud. She loves to sing loud and sing high Oh yeah
0: One sounds like a little bit of the kind of the traddy kind of things that we were talking about. Am I right? Thank you. Thank
1: you. Everyone's just like, oh, that's like a spooky one. I'm like, no, I want to one. sing like Luke Kelly. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's my Luke Kelly song. I wrote that one while I was working in Temple Bar. Um, So that was my main influence at the time. But also I was listening to a lot of um spooky, like the pixies and um, the cure, kind of gothic sort of stuff as well. Um, And that's just about me and my friend got really, really high and went to the National Art Museum and then came back. And I was so high, I couldn't speak. And he was so high, he couldn't stop speaking. Um, So I just wrote down everything he was saying because he was going on a rant about science. And all those lines are off of things that he was saying like we were talking about oh why do we like pinks and blues and yellows but we don't like browns and we came up with the idea that like oh it's because they're in sunsets and that's why we like it and we look up instead of looking down do you know high high light and that's idolize the tints of the skies disregard the others So just taking what we say, making it into a nice metaphor, making it like really poetic and then just making this the song.
0: You mentioned in that Examiner interview again that you'd started singing with Ungolín, a group of traditional Kamal singers in the teacher's club. Kamalia. Kamalia.
1: Kamalia, um, like... You do know what that means. You just may have not seen that word tomorrow. Like, come on, you young fellas, did I hear as the song? <laughs> but that's hey. just how you spell that word.
0: Oh, okay, okay.
1: <laughs> you wouldn't think it's one word, but then you're like, absolutely, that is one word. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I've also been going to Larry got the night before Larry got stretched, which is in the Cobblestone, which is really, really good really fun that's on just, the fir- just a,
0: a session sort of a thing
1: it's on the first sunday of each month and you go in and it's all traditional singers you put your name down on the list and they kind of just randomly call three of you out and you have to sing unaccompanied an irish trad song which is the only situation where i'm actually like scared i love to perform love to do anything but for some reason when i'm there i'm like i'm not gonna know the words i'm gonna make a fool of myself but I do it all the time because I, I do love it. And I love hearing all these people with all their different songs that you may have never heard before. And you probably won't get the name of it. You won't hear again. But it, it is such a magical energy um, that oh it's, it's crazy energy in there. And, and it's great to be around it and to hear songs from people of all ages, like literally like 18 to 70 all the way up.
0: And and are you still singing with Ungolien as well?
1: Um, they're on Friday nights, so it's it's a little more difficult to get there. But I always go to Larry Larry's Got Stretched. If there's a Kaylee on, I'm going to Kaylee, and then I'm going to the Goline. <laughs> I know I moved back to Dublin, and I just became like the most trad person for, for
2: the crack.
0: Yeah, well, I, I was asking you how you got into the 1940s type of style earlier. Was how did you get into the the trad sort of thing is that only like a recent a relatively recent development?
1: Yeah, definitely um the the trad sort of thing comes from moving to England and being like don't like it here at all. I just and then just listening to a lot of trad really? while I was over in England and then and then coming back. Like I love my auntie if my auntie's listening don't get mad. I love my auntie. I just I didn't enjoy England as a as a country so it just made me connect to more of my, my Irishness.
0: Wow that's interesting because you hear Irish acts say that who have moved to England like obviously uh, Fontaine's DC would be big ones who talk about that. I was reading an interview with Kojak who's living in London and he says the same thing that he feels more Irish living in England. It's funny that it's almost it's maybe not a universal thing but it's a widespread thing among uh, young Irish people moving over,
1: absolutely. Because you you understand the songs, you understand having to go to England to work, and wishing you were back home. Like, and that's what a lot of the songs are about. Or a lot of the songs are about giving out about English people who don't understand the struggle, and then and then you go over there, and they don't. They've never been educated. They don't want to be educated. They're just going to ask you the same questions all the time. Are you from Southern Ireland? And you just, you have to listen to the trad songs or you'd start beating up English people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, what are the songs that you're singing in the cobblestone unaccompanied if you're called upon?
1: I wanted to sing Hard Times the last day, but I got scared. But usually my songs are Kirk Fergus, Song for Ireland, score not his simplicity oh what a tune um hairs on the mountain yeah just just things I've kind of picked up along the way uh there's a really nice one a Scottish one called the lost words blessing which is really really nice but every week I'm like what am I what am I gonna sing and it's like two days of panic for like I don't think I know anything and I just named off like six songs there without even thinking about it
0: so we'll move from Trad to This sounds like quite a personal song Track number 9, Goodbye, God Bless Good Night I think it's about your, your granddad
2: Yeah So this is it Angels humming And as per usual I never saw it coming My best friend across the road Now vanished Geraniums and lavender Jam joys and a fiver Slipped into hand A hell of a man Goodbye
1: So, my granddad died during the pandemic um my uncle, his son, had died two and a half months three months previous um and it was the middle of covid so funerals and all that were were such a thing and my granddad went quite suddenly he went in for an eye test and um got a brain aneurysm in the hospital and died and he was caring for my granny who who was um had, had been dying for a while my granny who was the the violin player and the piano player yeah the song isn't really like I didn't write it per se I just took down what other people were saying um so I didn't make it down before he died but that's fine Do you know that sort of way like um but I got in there and I was there for about 20 minutes before we all had to leave and um he was there with his two sisters and his brother and one of them said goodbye one of them said god bless and one of them said good night and that, that's that's how they all said their goodbyes and then they left so i i, I took that and i said that's that's really powerful i'm going to keep that and then um everything else i i just kind of stayed silent and and sat beside the coffin for days on end and just listened to what everyone had to say and and people were talking and i would take it all in and i'd write it all down and and made the song. The only part of the song that actually I wrote is um, orchids on the windowsill moved the day the earth stood still um, because he used to have this, uh, the kitchen is full of orchids. And then they got moved down to the sitting room when he was uh, laying out there. And then I wasn't going to put that. That was just a song for my family. Like I'd written one for my uncle who had, who had died previous. I've written one for my granny who, who just recently died because I'm I'm a person who can just sit down and write, and I can write anywhere, and I, I it doesn't take me a long time. Um, it's it's kind of my gift. It's like what I can I can do to help in these situations, and then I don't have to make any sandwiches, which is class. And then I went there, and my my cousin Sheena, who did the translation for the um Irish song, she was in the car listening, and and she wondered like what that song was she thought it was Adele or Ed Sheeran or something and um, then they uh, somebody told her that I had written it and uh, she is a film r- screenwriter and, and, and producer and she wanted me to record that song to put into one of her films not not, not out yet Do you know that's the way you have to do all these things ages in, a, in advance so I told her like yeah I had recorded when I was recording the album and then I just asked my family for permission and i I added it to the album i don't know i I feel like people are listening to my album in the shop and then that song comes on and that's a bit that'll wreck you if you're in the (laughs) shop just trying to get some butter that'll (laughs) wreck you
0: yeah it's a lovely sentiment though lovely sentiment track number 10 rain is a big song a big big kind of band feel to it and i guess this is where that the kind of the recording process comes into it why did you choose to go to Donegal, to a cottage in Donegal, to get it all done
1: it well took the experience i've also been on a lot of um exchanges and everything so it's like i know the energy that can be produced when you're very isolated and stuck in a place and you can't do it Thing else um, it's a bit culty I know it's a bit culty but that's fine my uh, photographer Molly I hadn't met her before and her one of her parents was like don't go this sounds like a cult like this sounds so scary like you should be careful <laughs> but it was really fine and then Donegal I wanted to do it in a Guelphic area I wanted to do it in a place that felt special and isolated and beautiful and gorgeous Donegal I've always loved Donegal and then Guidor and then this house just kind of popped up out of nowhere and it's a poet's house that Seamus Heaney and all of them used to frequent and and, and stay there and write and I was like okay this this seems like magic it, it, it's got everything I want um it's the end of the earth fantastic making Dara go from Gory up there <laughs>
0: yeah
1: <laughs> I'm sure he had such a pilgrimage doing that
0: and you're up there for a week was it you got it all done
1: yeah, so three days rehearsing, one day setting up and then half that day recording something and then two days and then we got 14 songs out of that. Um, We actually got an extra song out of it, Dizzy, but I, I, it was the only song out of all of them that we recorded that I, I cut because I just didn't like it in the end. Maybe I'll re-record it another time, but to get that amount of songs out, like there was one song that I'd planned for that we didn't, get recorded and there was one song that did get recorded that was cut out and that that was it every single other song every take anything is all in the album it was i'm not going to say military precision because we were all pretty hung over but um
0: <laughs> definitely a massive achievement tracks 11 and 12 sightseeing and make me feel we might take together kind of about relationships maybe in their own way good yeah bad ugly side of things do you find that writing about relationships writing about the idea of love maybe is you know the old cliche of like it's the easiest thing to kind of write about in a way
1: it's it's something that does consume me my fear of dying alone whoa too big but i think i think that's why i think that's why it's so easy because it's kind of a universal fear and To love and to be loved is very universal. I like writing about it. Sometimes it does, it becomes prophetic and predicts my future, which I do not like because I don't write happy songs. But no, I I love writing about love and whatever. But both of those songs were like uh, sightseeing. I picked up uh, my friends had just bought a new guitar, picked that up. That song was written in a half an hour, start to finish. Um, Because it just came from somewhere. It just came from something. And there's a line in it. When I hit the pavement, I'm clicking restart. And then only a few weeks or a month later, I had a really bad concussion and just had to, I hit the pavement. I hit my head off the road. I I, like really prophetic. And then make me feel also that was written at like nine o'clock one night. I'd say that only took me an hour. That just kind of came out of nowhere. And they were both written. At around the same time, they just kind of came out without me having to thinking about thinking about either of them very much. And then they did predict the future too, but we're not going to talk about that.
0: Okay. <laughs> and finally, the last song is called Gracious. Bit of a different sound on this one as well, kind of an R&B kind of one. Sounds like you're having fun on it. Uh Just something to, to send people off with, I guess, to close the album.
1: Yeah, because like the album is quite dark and it it, it is quite sad and whatever but like I want this album to show who I am and like I think Gracious sonically kind of shows off my outward personality do you know what I mean I'm quite loose and free and bubbly and and optimistic which that song definitely is so I I wanted to add that to the end before anyone thought like Jesus this woman is she's losing it Um, And I just wanted to end the album on a question mark as well, and Gracious kind of does that. Could have been so much worse. It's a really fun song. I wrote that also. Like introductions and Gracious were written in the same week, which seems crazy. It's got some really fun lines saying I'm closed off, then taking my clothes off and instantly regretting everything I do. You know, I, I like it, it is a bit of me. It's 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 a bit of my spirit and my energy in there as well as I, I feel like this one is my spirit my energy and then the rest of them is my art. I wanted to have a happy song at the at the end just to kind of solidify that like it's a range of emotions. It's not just it's not just sad all the time, like they, there's anger in there there's all that sort of stuff but if you don't show the range sometimes it can just kind of come off as just sad
0: well it sounds like you had a lot of fun i guess making this album uh, Absolutely. A, lot of, a lot of experiences and life went into the album as well and you mentioned that you've got two albums done ready ready to go you're ready to go again
1: well, no planning, planning planning ready planning, planning uh, ready okay. you know I, I have to find a, a rich father too <laughs> pay for it all
0: well look if your songs are prophetic who knows what what lies ahead
1: exactly i think i i wanted to do this album because i wanted to show people what i can do and i think i i've shown only a snippet of what i can do so if you're out there and you're listening and you want to sign someone up sign me up baby i'm great
0: <laughs> cool on that note uh thanks a lot for chatting through the album and best of luck with it.
1: thank you so much owen
2: i <laughs>